Hello and welcome to the Fidelity Next podcast, a podcast for post-secondary students brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada, where we'll provide you with the tools you need to navigate your impending career successfully in today's landscape. In today's podcast, our host Emily Ananuevo sits down with two exceptional members of Fidelity's sales team, Patrick Farkas, Manager of Regional Sales, and Jamie Etier, a Senior Business Development Manager who work out of our Vancouver office. Jamie and Patrick share tips and advice about what it's like to work in sales at Fidelity. They break down how they got started in sales and what a day in the life can look like as a sales representative. If you're interested in a career in sales, Jamie and Patrick share their interview tips and how you can stand out from the crowd within Fidelity's intensive sales development program. Patrick concludes by sharing what makes the sales development program unique and Jamie breaks down how a career in sales can be a rewarding experience. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Fidelity Investments Canada ULC or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy or an endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Read a fund's prospectus before investing. Funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. These expenses and commissions are all associated with fund investments. Welcome to you both. So happy to have you here. Well, virtually. Hi, guys. Thank Hi, you, Emily. Excited to chat with everyone. Happy to have you here and happy to dive straight into this conversation all about a career in sales. Uh, Now, I wanted to open up the show and just talk about your journey to Fidelity. Now, was it sort of like, you know, landed here at Fidelity straight out of school, or did you get here sort of in a roundabout way? And were you both always interested in, like, finance, business, and investing? Uh, Jamie, how would I start with you? Yeah, sure. So I came to Fidelity, as you said, eight years ago. I do not have a background in finance. I studied English literature at university. Uh, I then uh, did a number of jobs afterwards. I went and taught English in Japan. Um, But I came back to Canada kind of looking for work. And I started in the industry actually working for Van City Credit Union, uh, where I worked as a teller. And then I became an assistant. And that was kind of my foray into finance. Uh, And then I wound up at Fidelity shortly after, and it has been an amazing move, uh, and I highly recommend it. So, yeah, kind of a roundabout way, I guess (laughs) you could say. Absolutely, absolutely. Patrick, how about you? Yes, thanks, Emily. So to give a bit of background on my journey, uh, after I completed an internship at a credit union, I I realized I wanted to do something in finance, but I wasn't really sure what was out there, what I wanted to do. Um, and for how I got started, once I graduated from Bishop's University in Sherbrooke, Quebec, uh, I moved to Vancouver uh, for my now wife, Michelle, where she decided to do another degree at UBC. But I'd never been here before, so I hopped in the van, drove from Sherbrooke to Vancouver, didn't know anyone. So to kind of you know, figure out what's out here in the world of finance, I went to some uh, alumni events where I met, uh, met someone at a charity event from Bishop's University. Um, and they got me in touch with finance, uh, with, with Fidelity, and I just love what this person had to say about the firm. Um, so eventually, I got started as an associate at the beginning of 2015. Uh, a year later, I uh, moved into the business development manager role, and then a few years after that, I moved into the, my current role now as manager of regional sales. 
Excellent. Excellent. And I just love how both of your backgrounds are so different and how you landed here at Fidelity is different because speaking to other employees, isn't that the case where everybody has such a different you know, work experience and background before getting here. But when you get here, the environment, the work culture, it just empowers you to to grow in your position and to and to learn more. So I just love those two different stories. Uh, now, I wanted to uh, get into sort of your roles and in your day to day. Give us the Coles notes. OK, uh, Patrick, why don't I start with you? OK, so uh, for my day to day, it's quite the assortment. So everything from uh, recruiting, uh, hiring, promoting, uh, some training, um, but it really it comes down to just supporting all the different sales teams in, in Vancouver in any way I can, and uh, uh, just trying to make their lives as easy as possible and, and put out fires. <laughs> Putting out fires every day—that's great. Um, and and you talked about hiring and recruiting there in your description, and you will offer some interview tips later on the show, which I'm super excited about. Jamie, how about you, the Coles notes of what you do day in, day out? Yeah, so my job, if I had to like distill it down to one sentence, is I advise advisors, financial advisors. Um, so my day-to-day -day has a lot of variation. So I can be uh, on the road face-to-face -face meeting advisors. I can be behind my computer either at home or at, uh, at the office. But again, it all comes back to outreach to our clients, our advisors. So... I am calling, giving uh, market updates, giving product updates, of course. Um, but a lot of that has, there's a lot of behind the scenes work that happens as well. So I do investment proposals for our clients, comparisons, basically supporting them and everything they need to give advice to their clients. Uh, so I do that from my computer. Uh, I do that also on the road. So when I'm face to face with them in meetings, and we actually uh, sometimes do actually quite frequently do a lot of events as well. So maybe one night a week, we'll be going to a show or a concert. Uh, and that is to, of course, host our clients, but also really facilitate that trust and build that relationship with the clients as well. So as you can tell, it's a very varied uh, dynamic role. And that's one of the great things about it that, that drew me into it. Okay, both your roles sound extremely busy. I don't know how you could keep up, but that leads me to my next question. I mean, in all seriousness, what keeps you motivated to do your job day in, day out? You know, are there any challenges along the way and sort of what keeps you, you know, growing in your position? So, uh, so I would say, I think there's a misconception out there, first of all, that to be in sales, that you have to be motivated by money. And while it's true, of course, that you can make a really good living uh, in finance and in sales in particular, that shouldn't really be your only motivator. Uh, and in terms of speaking to your clients, you won't come across as genuine if you're only motivated by money. So personally, I am motivated uh, by the fact that I can really help people. And I know that probably sounds counterintuitive, but uh, you can really make an impact and the way we do that is, again, we advise advisors on our product solutions, on markets, and they in turn then take that to their clients and help them build a strong financial picture for themselves, right? So that is one way that I feel like this job is really rewarding and really what keeps me motivated is knowing that I'm making an impact for uh, the end unit investor. I love that motto. I love that philosophy, being motivated to helping people, not about being motivated by money. Patrick, how about you? Yeah, so for uh, my my current role, where I really support everyone in the office, I would think uh, for me, my my biggest motivator is just seeing people grow, 
uh, develop over the years. Um, we're a firm that provide a lot of growth opportunities and promotion opportunities. So uh, giving those promotions is, is the best feeling. And uh, yeah, it's just really the group in the office. Awesome, awesome group of people here. You know, sales, this industry, the finance industry, like many businesses, it does tend to be cyclical and you will inevitably, you know, when markets are tough, times do get tough. So I think it's important to really look and find other ways to, to motivate yourself because they're like, to be totally frank, there are times when your output does not feel like it equals the outcome of the scenario. So you have to find, kind of dig deep and find other things to motivate you besides, besides, besides money, to be frank. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's absolutely wise words, because as we all know, our new normal is so different since the pandemic hit, you know, two and a half, three years ago. It's a different way of working now, right? I mean, it's that mixed hybrid. It, it, it's you, you lose that social camaraderie amongst your coworkers, um, but you gain it when you're in the office once or twice. So, I mean, you're I, I totally agree with you, Jamie, in terms of finding different ways to stay motivated and going with the flow when, you know, times are tough and also when times are good. Patrick, I wanted to take this opportunity. Uh, I know you said that you obviously do a lot of recruiting and hiring and promoting. Let's share some interview tips with our audience because we get so many like questions and comments about how to ace that interview at Fidelity, how to present your best self forward. So I'm going to I'm going to start with you Pat if you can just talk about how to prepare best for an interview. So a lot comes to mind so I'll uh, try not to rant too much here but I think the most important tip that I can give is just do your research. So not only will it show that um, you're very interested in the role, they understand what it is, but also you'll just feel more confident, more ready, it'll calm your nerves. You can also research people who work in similar positions or just at the firm. Um, you can just search them on LinkedIn, um, reach out to them, and this will show the, to the interviewers that you understand the role and that you could be a good cultural fit, given you've spoken to people at the firm. Prior to the interview as well, not a lot of people do this, um, which is always a little surprising. But if you just look up the website and you look through product services, history of the firm, look up information on the industry, and just, just take note of what catches your eye, uh, this will show that you did your research, but it, it will really set you apart. Not a lot of people do that. It doesn't take long to do as well. And just prepare good questions to ask at the end of the interview. Um, just shows that you're prepared and interested. And if the if the interview is virtual, um, you know, now in a post-COVID world, a lot of it is over Zoom um, virtually. I would say just be careful. It doesn't look like you're reading a script um, and just trying to make the flow more natural. Uh, other things just to be aware of is kind of what's in the background. So there's something that's distracting or you have poor lighting and things like that. Just be aware of that. Some some scenarios you might want to use a virtual background. Um, test your technology prior to the interview. So check your mic, your internet connection, um, you know, just different things with audio. Uh, try and ensure that your camera is eye level, that will it'll maximize engagement. Additional things to look for too, uh, just silence notifications. If it's like emails or, or Microsoft Teams or have your phone, um, be respectful of time. Uh, so talk, try not, not to talk too, too long as I'm ranting. Um, I'm saying this a bit of a hypocrite, but you know, last comment here, just be aware of your body language, try and maintain energy, delivery, voice modulation. 
especially when it's virtual, you have to kind of give extra energy for that to come through the, the screen. Um, hand gestures, as all things to keep top of mind. I'm going to stop myself there before I go on too long. It's such, you know, what those those tips are so practical in terms of how to set up your interview spot at home because, uh, you know, most things are done virtually. You're you're absolutely right about that. So don't be in a dark, dingy basement. Uh, put some lights on. Add that extra energy on camera. Look straight into the camera like you're looking straight into their eyes if you were in person. So super, super practical information there. And, and like you said before, I mean, just don't Wikipedia the, the company. Like You need to do research. Don't just skim it. Go be thorough. Like you said, reach out to people from the company, take notes, and ask good questions at the very end. All excellent advice. Um, Jamie, I wanted to go to you. You know, knowing what you know now in your sales role, um, what kind of tips would you give the audience in terms of preparing for a sales interview? Yeah. So I would say, first of all, I have to say, as I'm listening to Patrick talk, you know, a lot of the skills that uh, the prep work that he's talking about actually is prep work for the job itself, right? It, sales is a lot about presentation and how you come across to people. So it's like a little warm up session, your interview for what the job could be like when you're interacting with clients. So I think that's awesome advice. Um, but one thing that I think often comes up and it's a dreaded question is, you know, tell, tell us about a weakness or a, a past time when you received critical feedback from a manager, how did you take it? And really it's, it's not a trick question. What the interviewer is looking for is to know that how you handled that in the past, they wanna know that you're receptive to feedback. They want to know that you're open to learning and growing. So they wanna know how you responded. Right. So I know it's a very scary question, uh, but you know, there's a lot of cliche answers out there like, oh, I work too hard and that kind of thing. But really, it, it, it is a moment to show that you're self-aware. So just remember that it's not a trick. <laughs> it's not a trick question, but I love that. No, you're totally right about that. Don't be discouraged when that, you know, type of question comes out about your weaknesses or any failures or mistakes. Don't freeze up. It's an opportunity, like you said, to uh, say how you overcame that challenge and how about you how you shined in that in that situation. Uh, Patrick, I want to go back to you in terms of um, being a manager. How do you tackle this question? You know, tell me about yourself, right? So from a managerial perspective, can you give construction con constructive feedback on how to tackle that question? Yeah, so for this question, you can really take that in a lot of directions. Um, so when I hear that question, I would say try and follow maybe the rule of three where you just try and just slow down the three um, key themes you want the other person to take away. Um, so here you can give a clear and quick overview of your education, relevant work experience, um, put details on the thought process behind those decisions and really try to tailor uh, the highlights um, for the role that you're applying for. That's awesome, that's awesome. I hope everybody's taking notes. This is a lot of great tips. Uh, now, just lastly, Patrick, to wrap up this interview section, um, what are you looking for in terms of a candidate on your team? Like, can you list some characteristics, some criteria of, of who you're looking for in terms of a sales rep? Yeah, so something that Jamie actually just said, uh, I'll start off by saying resilience, where you know Jamie mentioned often, it can be tough in capital markets, it's, it's unpredictable. Um, you have some highs and lows, so uh, you know, just control and focusing on what you can control. So I think resilience is important and patience. Um, the ability to constantly reinvent yourself, where in a very 
um, fast-growing industry. Um, things are changing quickly. So all because a certain strategy or method or thing process has worked in the past for you doesn't necessarily mean it'll work going forward. So being open to new technology, new methods, communication, part of why Jamie's so good at what she does, I think is English major. So Jamie's a great communicator. Leadership's important, specifically for fidelity, given we always want people to grow and move up in different roles. People who want to grow or ambitious, um, people who are curious, you know, we provide a ton of training. So it can be a lot, you know, you want, you want to lean into it, embrace it, um, be open to that con continuous learning, um, be able to work in a team, uh, strong social skill, and and just people who are respectful. And I think those are the the key the key things we look for. Excellent. Now you mentioned training there, Patrick, and like I mentioned off the top of the show, uh, our our sales associates go through an extensive sales development program. Jamie, can you talk about that? Elaborate a bit on that about what the program involves. Yeah, I would love to. It's one of the most valuable things I've gotten out of my career at Fidelity. Um, and it, what it is essentially a training program. So it takes you from that entry level role where you're starting out, you're learning the foundation of the business, the administrative side of things, and it will take you all the way up through to being a wholesaler. So a wholesaler is responsible for hundreds of advisors. They lead a team. And essentially what they do is they, they manage the sales and marketing strategy for fidelity to that group of advisors. So it is, you know, a very important role, but the sales development program preps you for every stage of that. So it's about eight to nine weeks. It's spread out. It covers everything from things like investment sophistication, so learning how to talk about investments, uh, how to sound smart when you're talking about investments, to presentation skills. We even do things like etiquette training. Uh, we do even um, improv training because you have to be able to think on your feet in sales, right? So it's a fantastic, absolutely fantastic program. Um, and it's brought a lot to me and it's been so invaluable, uh, not just, I think, for sales, just for a lot of a lot of life skills as well. So, yeah, it's been it's it's taught me so much and I've been so appreciative for it. So that is it uh, in a nutshell. That's incredible. I mean, I, I would never have guessed the improv and the etiquette training like what an, an incredible a range of uh, topics and skills you can learn. Um, and now, obviously, you went through that program, Jamie. So what would you say to somebody watching um, if they do go through that program? How do you make yourself stand out? You know, like like Patrick said, lean into it, lean into the training. But how do you sort of make yourself stand out in, in that whole process? Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of just touched on it, right? Like lean into it, be engaged, embrace it. Uh, the program is designed very thoughtfully. They refine it every year. They bring in, like I said, tons of uh, third-party speakers as well as there's internal uh, internal training as well. And you know, it's it's all of it is there for a reason. So be enthusiastic about it. You know, of course, not every piece of it is going to resonate with you exactly, but uh, you know, the more you embrace it, I think the more um, the more you'll really you'll really get out of it. Uh, it. It is designed to make you the most effective, resourceful, uh, and compassionate salesperson that you can. And, and you don't get any of that unless you're, as you said, you're leaning into it. And Patrick, I'm going to go to you just to finish off this topic. I mean, what makes this program so unique? The first thing that comes to mind is that we only promote from within and that everyone has to start entry level, just like Jamie and I did. We lose, we use, we use that pool of talent of entry level coworkers for promotions. Um, it's very unique to us and 
Um, this ends up, it gives you a very clear line of progression for people in advisor sales. And I've had this in some past roles where you get that anxiety of, okay, what's my next step? Where do I grow? What, you, know, you know, what's next? And that removes that anxiety with that. Something else just to highlight, you know, we talked about all the amazing training that we do. I think that our training program is hands down the best on the street. The reason for that, I think, is that we're a privately owned company, which makes us uh, pretty unique as well. So we can spend money as we see fit. That's best for long term. We don't have shareholders to report to. And we think training is so important. So that's where we invest our money. And I think that's why our, our training program is, is, uh, is the best. Okay, time is flying by, but I wanted to wrap the show with just this last question to both of you. Somebody who's watching now, if they're hesitant about stepping into the sales industry and landscape, what would you say to them in terms of making them think about this landscape and this industry? What advice would you impart on those? Jamie? Yeah, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I think sales kind of gets a bad uh, bad rep, but it can be a lot more rewarding than Think, right? If you work for a good firm, if you believe in the product or the service that you're selling, um, you can actually find it's quite a fulfilling, fulfilling role. So I would say don't be, don't be hesitant, be open to it. Um, it's been great for me in so many aspects of, of my life. So I would say just, you know, give us, give us a shot. It's great. Absolutely. Patrick, how about you? Yeah, for those who are hesitant in starting in, in finance or specifically sales, I would just say keep in mind there's no perfect mold. I think sometimes people think, okay, you have to be this very outgoing, um, kind of extroverted person. Uh, we have some of our top people across the firm in, in this department. Uh, we have everything from very introverted to very extroverted. So I don't think there's that perfect mold. Um, you don't have to have a degree in finance. Um, you know, like Jamie just mentioned, finance wasn't her initial career path. We have people from all kinds of degrees and backgrounds. Um, we basically teach everything. Yeah, I think, you know, Jamie hit the nail on the head too. You know, sales does get a bad rap. I feel more as like a consulting role for sure, uh, uh, really being an extension of the team and the financial advisors. So I think those would be the key things just to people to keep in mind. All excellent advice and excellent tips. Jamie, Patrick, I just want to thank you both for spending some time with me and, and with the audience and sharing such valuable information and insights about what it's like to work at Fidelity and what it's like to work in sales. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Emily. Really enjoyed our conversation. And with this topic fresh on your mind, this is the perfect opportunity to tell you that Fidelity Canada is constantly hiring for sales roles and a variety of other roles at our company. You can find all this information at careers.fidelity.ca. Thank you so much for watching and hope to see you next time on Fidelity Next. Thanks for listening to the Fidelity Next podcast brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada. You can visit fidelity.ca for details on future live webcasts, follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter, and subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice.